Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. As we dive into our teaching text today, I think I can make the case uh, for our focus, for the life story that we're going to unpack today, that this person, this human being, was closer to Jesus than anyone else. Uh, this person was there at the very beginning and was with Jesus to the very end. And so as we look at this story, we have to wonder what would that have been like to journey with Jesus from the very beginning to the very end. I would invite you to turn with me to John chapter 19. We're going to begin in verse 23. The text will be on the screen this morning. John chapter 19, beginning in verse 23. It says, When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. So this garment was seamless, woven in one piece from the top to the bottom. In verse 24, it says, Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it this happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that said they divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment and so this is what the soldiers did now don't miss the life story in the next verse verse 25 says near the cross of Jesus stood his mother have you ever paused to consider how the story of her life was impacted by the cross Mary Jesus's mom can anyone else in the passion story, can anyone else be as devastated as she was in this moment? What was she wrestling with? Feelings of grief, confusion, frustration that the disciples didn't try to intervene. Can she see beyond this? <laughs> like through these eyes of faith, can she see beyond the tragedy happening before her? As she feels the pain of this moment and she's with him, does she remember the pain of his birth? Where does her mind go? Does it go to the prophet Simeon's words uh, when, when they took Jesus uh, to the temple when he was eight days old? Simeon, a prophet, spoke chilling words to Mary. Listen to what he said. He said, this child, a, a baby at this point, this child is destined to call the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And listen to what he says. He said, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. I think Mary knew full well that prophecy had come to life in that moment. There's so many things that could be going through her mind, so many reasons for her to be elsewhere, but yet she is there with Jesus. We see no evidence that Mary's considering her own life, what it'll be like after he's gone from this moment forward, impoverished or homeless, destitute or lonely, any of those things likely for a widowed woman in the first century. But she's there. 
She's there close to Jesus. She is simply there because he is there. When some of the disciples, man, they bolted, right? They're nowhere to be found. They thought it was hopeless, that all was over, that nothing good could come of this moment. Yet we see Mary choosing to stay close to Jesus. Her love for him was just too strong to leave him behind. So so how should we feel about a woman with faith and love for Jesus that is so courageous and so bold? She was the only person with him from the very beginning to the very end. Whether it was any advantage to her, no matter how it felt, her heart was broken, she still remained by his side. Nothing was more important to Mary than Jesus. I wonder this morning, is that true in your life? Is there anything more important than Jesus to you? You see, that's, that's a question that we have to ask ourselves as we look at Mary's story, as we look at her faith. Because she persevered, Jesus mattered most to her. So in the story of your life, your story, will you be there close to Jesus? As your pastor, I, I, hope, I hope you will. I hope nothing is more important to you than he is. I want to welcome you back to our Sunday teaching series, Stories of Your Life. As a church family, we've been journeying and seeking to understand the meaning and the impact of the Passion Week, of the Passion Story of Jesus through the perspectives and the stories of some key people involved. And we've been reminded as we look at individual stories that these were real people that had real challenges, real questions, that had to wrestle with real hard things. They're people just like you and me journeying along this road of life. But in their story, we also see uh, that they experience real grace and mercy through the person of Jesus. And so this series is about studying and learning from their perspective so we can experience Jesus deeper, more intimately in our lives as well. Our series began looking at the story of Zacchaeus. Uh, He was a, a tax collector and not so loved among his neighbors, but his story took a radical turn towards hope when he heard about Jesus. In his story, we're challenged to see that there's no such thing as too far from God because his grace reaches. His grace reaches. Last week on Easter Sunday, we studied the story of, uh, of the two other crosses at Calvary. We know uh, as you would pass the crosses on Interstate 81 or up and down the highways of West Virginia, we see that there are three crosses there at Calvary that day. And last Sunday, we looked at the story of the two criminals on either side of Jesus. And, and their story began much like many others that day. They began jeering Jesus, taunting him, or perhaps making fun. But yet, we see that one of them had a change of heart. That one of them uh, had come to his end and he believed Jesus. He believed that he was Lord and Messiah and he needed salvation. And in a moment of faith in his dying hours, he says, Lord, remember me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And in that moment, Jesus turns to him and he says, today, today you will be with me in paradise. This story challenges us to see that the power of the cross, the power of the person of Jesus to overturn a lifetime of sin and regret in a moment through a profession of faith. We see that he is enough. He's enough. And today we're going to look at the story of Mary 
the mother of Jesus. Now, while we don't worship or pray to Mary as our Catholic friends do, uh, we do recognize her as a woman of courageous faith, of boldness, of perseverance, resolutely choosing to be near Jesus no matter what. And friends, that's a faith worth studying. That's a story worth hearing. And so I ask today, what would courageous faith, what would be different in your life with courageous faith for you to be close to Jesus no matter what? Let's pray together as we dive into his word. Father in heaven, uh, we thank you for your word. Uh, We thank you for the witness, the story uh, of who you are and the story of people who were following you, who wrestled with hard things and, and Lord, yes, made mistakes, but God, that found grace and mercy in you. And so, Lord, today we're seeking you. We're seeking you. Increase our faith today, Lord, as we dive into your word. Open our hearts to your truth, and it's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. I would invite you to turn to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, by the time we find Mary at the foot of the cross, you see, that's kind of the end of the story. She knew all too well what it meant to be the mother of Messiah in that moment because she lived that lesson her whole life, but it didn't start that way. As we turn to Luke chapter 1, we'll begin to see uh, that all she knew at the beginning is that she needed to trust God completely. So let's look at Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth, now Elizabeth, we know is a a relative of Mary, so uh, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. So as we're first introduced to Mary here today, uh, she is introduced to us as a woman of noble character and faith, so much so that that is how the angel greets her. He doesn't say, What's up, Mary? He says, No, greetings, you who are highly favored. And so we begin to see that her faith, uh, that she allowed that to transform her life, to transform her character. And so her faith in the Lord was not just a religious duty. It was a relationship with God that transformed the very nature of who she was. And God greets her as you who are highly favored. And so we see in her this truth. That to place our faith in God, to place our trust in him, is to see our whole life shaped around his person. So let's continue in Mary's story at verse 29. It says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? And in this moment, we need to pause and just, we need to understand this was not doubt. This was a question of mechanics. Like, how is this going to happen I know what's true about me, but Lord, I know what's true about you. You can do all things. How's this going to work? And so we begin to see that to have courageous and true faith doesn't mean we don't have questions. It means we ask questions to the Lord and trust his answers. 
We trust his answers. Let's continue in verse 35. It says, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One born will be called the Son of God. So even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. As we get to know Mary here at the beginning of her story, in the beginning of Scripture, we see that she is a woman with a lot to lose being found pregnant in this moment. You see, uh, uh, her, her husband-to-be, her fiancé, Joseph, he, he could have cut it all off. He could have said, you're out of here. He could have turned her over to the religious authorities to be punished legally. Uh, uh, her reputation, this was a small town. They didn't have social, but news still traveled fast, right? And so her reputation, what people thought of her, was about to be totally turned on its head. She had plans. I mean, she was envisioning the home she would make with Joseph. And in the moment, the Lord speaks and says, I have a plan for you. I have something ahead of you. You're going to conceive. And in that moment, her faith just says, yes, Lord. When everything's on the line, she trusts in the Lord. Let's look at her response in verse 38. She says, I am the Lord's servant. I'm the Lord's servant. You can have my future, my home, my husband, my reputation. I am your servant. May your word be fulfilled in me. And then the angel left her. We begin to see that courageous faith brings all of our lives into relationship with God. That there's nothing that he doesn't have. That it's all before him and we trust him with it. We trust him with it. And yes, this was a moment in time, this was a decision on Mary's part, but it was the story that she would live for the rest of her days. And if you follow The Chosen, there's a, a beautiful scene uh, where Mary recounts, and she's, she's kind of processing uh, the birth of Jesus and, and what was going on, and I'd love to share that with you today. So how did you feel when it happened? When what happened? His birth. Even... Before that, how did you know? When did you know who he was? I don't know. We're all tired. Do you really want to hear all that? Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> uh, well. Nothing about it was easy. I can tell you that. It wasn't in my hometown. My mother wasn't there. We had no midwife. I don't know if I'm ready to give all the details. Maybe some other time. But I do remember this. When Joseph handed him to me, it was like nothing I expected. It was like everything I'd heard about having a baby, but I thought this would be completely different. What do you mean? I had to clean him off. He was covered in... Uh... I will be polite. <laughs> he needed to be cleaned. And he was cold. And he was crying. And... He needed my help. My help. A teenager from Nazareth. 
actually made me think for just one moment. Is this really the Son of God? And Joseph later told me he briefly thought the same thing. But we knew he was. I don't know what I expected. But he was crying and he needed me. And I wondered how long that would last. He doesn't need me anymore. Not since we taught him how to walk and eat. He hasn't needed me for a long time, I suppose. And after Joseph passed, may he rest in peace. He grew up even quicker. And I wish I could say that made me happy. Of course, as a Jew, I'm excited to see everything he does for our people. And I'm proud of him. But... As a mom... It makes me a little sad sometimes. So it's good to be with all of you for a bit. I can find ways to help. We'll take it. Mm -hmm. um, what was yes a moment in time, it was a yes where she had to lay it all before the Lord and trust what he was calling her to do, but it was a, a continual yes. It was a living into the reality of trust in the plan of God. And so this morning, I want to ask, is that true for you? Is that how you engage faith in your life? Do you see your future, your dreams, your plans, your, your relationships? Do you, do you see it all under the authority of God and in relationship with him? I know an enemy for me in that area is control. Because I like things better when I can control it, right? That's why I don't want to ride with you wherever we're going. I want to drive so I can be in control. But you see, that's the opposite of faith. If we never let go, we'll never experience trusting Jesus, trusting his daily provision. So what is it today in your life that courageous faith is calling you to say, I am the Lord's servant? What would that be in your story today? Will you trust him? If it's, if it's a big moment, yes, trust him. But if it's the everyday rhythms of life, the challenges, will you trust him? Will you trust him? Let's turn to another story in Mary's life in John chapter 2. John chapter 2, as we continue in her story, uh, we're going to see that it was through the eyes of faith in, in everyday life that she got to see the glory of God through her son. As we enter John 2, uh, chronologically, uh, Jesus has grown up, and it's believed that his father Joseph had already passed away, and leaving Jesus as the eldest son to provide and care for Mary, for the siblings. And so uh, he's been faithful. He's been there, but yet his time now is changing. In Jesus' life, it's time for him to come into his public ministry, his role as Messiah. And that's where we see this unfolding in John chapter 2 beginning there in verse 1. It says, On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. 
Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. And so we see a story here that the disciples and Jesus have traveled. They're attending a wedding. Uh, Mary is there. She's present. And uh, uh, things were going good. The celebration was, was going well, but they run out of wine. And now what, what's going on here culturally is this is quite a, a different thing than just a normal party foul. Uh, in, in an honor-shame culture, uh, running out of wine would have reflected and, and heaped shame on the couple. Uh, can you imagine at your wedding, like that's the, the thing that you remember is that shame, that regret. And so uh, they, it also would open them up to lawsuit, which I thought was really strange, being so disgruntled at a wedding party that you actually sue them. But that's this, like that's the significance of what's going on in this story. And so uh, Jesus uh, is approached, and there in verse 3 by his mother, it says, When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. In verse 4 is Jesus replying. He says, Woman, why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. Can you imagine Mary in this moment? Like, she's, she's aware of the problem. She wants to help. Her heart's in the right place. She turns to Jesus. It's who she's been turning to as the eldest son. She turns to him and approaches him as she had so many times before. Son, 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 can you help? But something about this time was different. He, he doesn't say, sure, mom, whatever you need. No, this time she, she gets a rebuke. Jesus lets her know that things are different now. And as Jesus so many times would in his teaching, he turns an ordinary moment into a parable of spiritual truth. This time, Jesus has to let her know that things are different. And can you imagine when he said, woman, why do you involve me? Like, did she reach out to twist his ear? I mean, because, right, she's, she's processing this. It says this was the first miracle. And so she's, did she, she tilted, like, what did you say? Y'all moms know what's up. But she's processing what Jesus did because he took an ordinary moment and transcended a spiritual reality and says, my hour has not yet come. I love what commentator D.A. Carson says. He says this moment, uh, speaking of this scene and what Mary had to process as she uh, listened to his words, this must have been an extremely difficult moment for Mary. She had borne him, nursed him, taught his baby fingers elementary skills. She had watched him fall over as he learned to walk, but now. But now he had entered into the purpose of his coming. Everything, even family ties, had to be subordinated to his divine mission. She could no longer view him as other mothers viewed their sons. Think of the faith it took to process what was happening in that moment. She had approached him in faith as her son, as the provider. But he turns that around, and she again proclaims faith in him as her Lord. She sees it fit to just trust him, no matter what. And look at her response in verse 5. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. And in this scene, Jesus does honor his mother's request. He, he turns gallons of, of plain water into the best wine anyone had ever tasted. But th this miracle is not about the wine. It's about the glory. Let's look at verse 11. 
It says, what Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of his signs through which he revealed his glory. And his disciples believed in him. You see, it was through the eyes of faith that they got to see the glory of the Messiah in Jesus. It was in trusting him uh, in the day-to-day that she got to see the glory of her son as her Lord. And so, friends, that challenges me to ask, what, what, Lord, do I need to lay before you and trust to do whatever you see fit? What is that story in your life that you need to lay before the Lord and trust him as Lord of your life? Not just a friend, not just someone you seek guidance from, but Lord of your life. I've had to learn this lesson, and I still have to live and learn this lesson. Uh, There were so many things uh, in the story of of East Rock, of this campus. Um, uh, My wife and I, we had sold our house, and we were trying to get down this way to be closer, and we sold our house in like 30 seconds, and we didn't have anywhere to go, and we looked under every rock and around every corner for somewhere to live. And we finally just through prayer, we had to leave it before the Lord in what we thought was the nick of time. God provided someone who was willing to work with us and our circus full of animals and what we needed to do. He turned the ordinary moments of life into the sweet wine of his kingdom and did things that we couldn't do on our own. And friends, I could tell you story after story about launching and all the prep work and the stories and lives of this campus through the pandemic. God made a way. And so we see this reality, the necessity of faith in, in the everyday, in the, in the big moments. But I'm even witnessing it in the power and in, in how I pray and how I approach the Lord. Faith, just to, to see him as Lord. And uh, We were at Ocracoke here a couple weeks ago on the men's retreat. And if you've never heard of it or never been there, it's a speck of sand in the middle of the ocean. Uh, if you're a beach person, you'd love it. That's all that's there. Uh, But we're there on a men's retreat, and uh, I had woke up early one day before sunrise. My coffee was ready. So I thought, you know, I'm going to run up to the beach access and just see, just watch the sun come up. Uh, It was in a season. We're really busy. We're coming up on Easter. It's kind of a big deal in the church, right? And and so just so much stuff happening with classes and uh, Easter weekend coming. I've just, my mind had been in a dizzying place, and I just was going up to the beach saying, Lord, can I meet you here? Lord, can, I, can, I, can we connect here this morning? So I, I pull into the beach access, and you, you crest the dunes, and it's ochre coke in the end of March. There's literally like three people on all the beach your eyes can see. And so I, I'm there, and the sun is rising. The, the waves are crashing. Uh, you, you can imagine the sounds and the smells and the sights, the beauty of what's happening there. And, and in that moment, I, I've got my list, right? You ever pray with a list? Like, Lord, I need you here, and I need help with this, and can you touch it? Like, write our list. And so I'm on the beach, I'm walking and talking and praying, and you can just see the beauty of creation everywhere. And I'm running down my list, right? I'm leaning in, trying as hard as I can to be present, and I'm just not, I'm not hearing the Lord yet. And I'm just walking along, and somehow I, I noticed this. This little tiny shell. And I, you, some of you in the back are like, I can't even see it. I know. <laughs> I know. But see, in that moment, I was praying, I was seeking, and God showed me a shell in the shape of a heart. Now, I'm not a mystical guy. I'm black, white facts. But I can't deny this. 
I can't deny this. And, I, and I'm just like, oh, I see what you did there, Lord. I see you. And so I gave thanks and prayed, and I went on up the beach, and I left it there. I went on up the beach and walking and praying, and I'm coming back, and, and I guess tide maybe was coming. I'm not a beachgoer. I don't know all this stuff, but my footprints were being washed away. And so where I had come, you couldn't tell. And so I'm walking back, and, and, and I somehow get back to where this was. It hadn't been washed away yet. And I just felt the Lord whisper, as fast as things are changing, my love for you remains. It wasn't on my list, <laughs> but it's what I needed. God turned uh, uh, this little speck of a seashell in faith into the wine of his presence, hearing, I love you. As fast as it's changing, my love for you remains. Friends, what does faith look like in your story? Yes, where you're going to live, where you're going to go to work, all those things you're going to do, yes. But what does it look like in the way you pray? way you seek him? Will you trust him to speak to you, to whisper, my love remains? Will you trust him? As the band makes their way forward, uh, by the time we would see Mary at the cross, she understood. She had lived the pain of being the mother of Messiah. So many ways, countless lessons uh, she had to learn. We see her at the cross and we can just imagine her grief as a mother. Just watching the human story unfold in front of her very eyes. But yet, we also know that she was a worshiper. So she was watching this story through the eyes of faith. Watching her Lord be crucified. And in what had to be one of the darkest challenging moments of her life, she remained there's no way she had all the answers, but she remained in faith close to Jesus. And friends, that's a faith worth studying. That's a faith that I want to see in my life. Is it the faith you have in your life today? Is it the faith that you have today? To, to trust God in, in any situation, in every circumstance, to lay your everything before him and say, I am your servant. What would that look like for you today? What would that look like for you? You see, faith, and we see this in Mary, faith calls us to trust beyond what makes sense. Because if it makes sense, it doesn't always require faith, right? Faith is trusting God when it doesn't make sense and saying, yes, Lord, I trust you. And that's, we have a great privilege in learning from Mary and her story, and so we're challenged, what does that faith look like? What's prohibiting you from putting your complete trust in God? What's in the way? You see, faith, has, faith in our life has challenges. It has doubts. Does doubt bother you? Does doubt keep you up at night? Keep you from believing? Doubting that God's good? Doubting that his plan is what is for you? That he is for you? Doubt that he's trustworthy? Is it fear? I mean, goodness gracious, look at Mary's story and think of the fear that had to be going through that teenager's mind as the angel spoke to her. Fear of what's going to happen Fear of what other people are going to think. What's holding you back today? 
from trusting God with your everything. You know, Mary, she gave the servants some pretty good advice. After she conversed with Jesus, and he said, my hour's not yet come, she turns to the servants and just says, do whatever he tells you. Friends, can we just receive that advice today? That whatever God is calling you to, whatever your faith story is like, that we simply say, yes, Lord. Yes. I am your servant. Um, I'm aware that there's some really hard stories in the room today, in the life of our church. So I recognize today you might feel like Mary, like the sky, the horizon is darkened, and it seems like faith is so hard, like it takes every ounce of energy just to get out of bed and put one foot before the other. Friend, Jesus is trustworthy in that moment. In the moment that you're in, in the darkness that you're feeling, when the enemy wants to say, it's over. When the enemy wants to say, it's hopeless. God says, I see you and my love remains. Will you trust him today? Just be found close to him in worship and prayer. Will you be found close? I would invite you to stand today. Uh, how you respond this morning, the, the band's going to lead us in a song. I would just invite you to seek the Lord. However he's leading you, however your story is unfolding, however your faith is feeling right now, will you trust the Lord with your everything? There's a a story of a man who brought his son to Jesus to be healed. And Jesus is engaging with him, and, and, and this man so humbly looks to him, And he says, Lord, I believe, help me overcome my unbelief. So friend, today, if you're not sure how to pray, let that be your prayer. Lord, I believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you today for the beauty of who you are. Lord, we thank you for the story, the courageous faith of your mother Mary. Lord, her story challenges us. It challenges me. Lord, if you're asking for the future and all the plans and and, and everything, reputation, Lord, that is such an ask. But we see that you are trustworthy. We see in Mary's humble faith, yes, Lord, I am your servant. Lord, that's how we want to respond today. Lord, I pray with that brother or sister this morning that feels like Mary beside the cross, like the sky is dark and the enemy's trying to convince them that it's hopeless, that it's over. God, I pray especially today that you would speak healing truth into their lives. That, Lord, as they seek you, you would reward them with your presence, God. Strengthen their faith. Lord, I believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.